Welcome to a conversation of change with Dr. Jen Fram, where we talk all things leadership, change, and transformation. everybody it's uh, Dr. Jen Frum and we have got a really interesting podcast interview for you today it's um, hot off the press the Australian Transformation and Turnaround Association has released a very provocative white paper which we're going to talk about the white paper is called the essential best practices for transformation boards and CEOs White Paper Insights for Business and Government Leaders on How to Drive Successful Organisational Transformation. It's a big name, but there's some pretty punchy content in it. I am um, really thrilled to have with us at the moment Adam Selzer, who is the chair of the Australian Transformation and Turnaround Association and also the chair of Selzer Consulting. Adam, to his immense credit has over 150 transformations to his background there over 25 years so um one i'm very grateful for his time and two i don't think we can get anybody who is more in the know about transformation to join us adam welcome to conversations of change thank you jen it's lovely to be here Adam, you've been doing. Um, tell us about the trans the the association to start with. It has had a meteoric rise from when you first raised the idea to what it is doing now. Can you give the listeners a bit of insight about what it's about? So the what we call OzTTA, Australian Transformation Turnaround Association, is designed to uh, be a a professional body of professionals. So um, it's very different to an industry association. So if you think about uh, RACB or NRMA as industry associations, and then you think College of Surgeons, that's where we are on that professional side. And it's identifying what are the capabilities required to lead major transformations, and then professionalizing those uh, skill sets. so a transformation is really taking an organization from its existing state to a totally different state in the future, often multi-year. Mm-hmm. So it's different business model, different technology, all those things. So these are people that have experience in doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about them is they're largely uh, self-selected and self-taught. And what we're doing is we're professionalizing that skill set. So tell me, tell me a little bit about the self-selected and self-taught. I mean, and can I just check, are these internal to the organisation? Are they primarily external to the organisation? Well, we have, we have about 2,000 people on our LinkedIn closed user groups. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a reasonable size, of which 20% are board and C-suite, 40% are embedded transformational leaders, Mm-hmm. And forty percent are external consulting. Uh, you know, uh, so it's a good mix and yeah. a variety of industries. So um, what we've done is we've we've gone out there, we've networked out, and we've uh, brought people in. So it's 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 not change management. It's mm-hmm. it's the next step up. It's taking the entire organisation where you're looking at how do you move from your existing business model to a new business model. How do you bring in the the, the disruptive technology? How do you create new ways of working? Uh, how do you manage the ethical issues of this major transformation that happens? Yeah. Um, 
So I'll give you an example. I'm working with one at the moment, which is in uh, 14 countries, 12,000 people. Their business model has, they've left it too late. Their business model has moved into a tipping point and it's Mm -hmm. accelerating down. Mm -hmm. And we're having to reinvent a new organization, new technology at great pace. Um, What should happen is that it should have happened, you know, maybe four years ago. Mm -hmm. And often people leave it too late. And... So this is the issue. So the idea is, is to take the self-selected. So self-selected is you've, you've been there leading a transformation for whatever reason, and you find you did well. Then you find yourself leading another one, and it's entirely different. Yeah. And then by the time you've done three, you realize that there's a, a framework underneath it, that you've got an aptitude that you like this environment, the, the, the pressure, the risk management, the courage, all the issues that need to happen, uh, and the responsibility of taking organizations through this journey. Yeah. Um, so we have practicing members, which are our core membership, and you've got to have done three or more uh, transformations, led, designed three or more transformations, and that is assessed by a peer group, Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're part of a global movement that's there's similar organizations in other parts of the world. And we're heading towards charter status yeah. of actually being a charter transformational leader. And so we are developing this charter status. And to do that, you've got to have professional qualifications. Mm-hmm. You've got to, there's various other things you have to do. And so we are benchmarking across the world uh, in this area, which gives us an insight as to what's happening in this uh, area of leadership in, yeah. you know, in Asia and Europe and yeah. the US. Tremendous, tremendous. Okay, let's, let's get on to the white paper. Um, let's start with, tell me about the research methodology. How did you come to have okay. this body of work? Uh, so <clears throat> let me just jump back inside OzTTA because it's taken off so fast. What we've done is with that sort of core membership, we've split it into guilds where different people focus on different areas. This is our transformative guild area, which I'm, I'm the chair of that as well, um, as opposed to diversity guild, there's a government guild, there's various other guilds where people are, are leading debate and discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one, it, it grew out of uh, an analysis, an initial analysis that showed that many of the legacy organizations were being held back from being transformed going down their transformation journey of reinventing themselves in an appropriate fashion, they were being held back by their boards mm. and, their, and their C-suite. So that was the initial uh, trigger for the research. Uh, we then did a series of surveys, a uh, series of roundtable think tanks with CEOs and boards and chairs. Uh, we did a meta-analysis of articles and, and 50 peer interviews uh, um, of different leaders. Uh, and then looked at 200 case studies of our practicing members. So it was a, a reasonable size qualitative research yep. um, to look at what was wrong with boards. Why weren't they leading their companies into it? And here, for example, look at every bank. Mm-hmm. Okay, look at every telco. Mm-hmm. A lot of noise, but actually they're not changed. They're not transformed. There's a lot of noise, but there's difference between a genuine reinvention and talking about it. And so, uh, and it comes back to the chairs and, and the, and the C-suites and the, and the boards. Mm-hmm. Mm. What 
do you think were the findings that surprised you the most based on this long career in transformation? What were the surprises in the findings? Um, the biggest finding, which was surprising and horrific, right? Okay, was that <clears throat> transformational leadership is different to operational leadership. Operational leadership is where, which is what leads most organizations, where they, they're improving their organization 2%, 3%, 3%, improving the organization. Transformational leadership has got a different mentality, different skill sets, which gets turned on with major changes, 30%, 40% changes. And what came out of our study is that if you do not have a transformational leader as the chair and as the CEO, any transformational initiative will fail. Wow. Now, that's big. That is really big. As I said, every bank. Every, and because, and, and, but don't give up. <laughs> don't give up. Because when we look at best practices, the whole point of looking at best practices of transformation boards, there are some very good boards with great practices. Mm -hmm. Primarily, boards, that are boards of companies that are backed by private equity. Interesting. Tell me and more. The, and the reason for that is that if you're going to take your organization into this new world, it requires a lot of courage. It requires a different approach to risk. You need to be able to keep your foot on the accelerator, even though you often don't know where you're going. It is a different world. And our boards, our existing boards, don't have that capability. And especially in the chairs. And the chairs is where we're actually aiming our guns, primarily because you talk to the chairs and they have real difficulty bringing diversity on the boards. Yeah. And I don't mean di gender diversity, I mean thought diversity. Um, you know, quotes like, oh, well, I wouldn't be able to control them. And you go, yes. Um, uh, so the, the chairs are, and are selecting CEOs that are operational. They themselves are putting in boards that are fundamentally risk-averse and view their, their, their jobs as um, uh, avoiding risk, um, as opposed to there are some good examples where you've had chairs and boards that have gone down a very different path. Yeah. Um, I can give you examples of both uh, NRMA and RACB. Both of them have chairs that have come in, seen that the, um, the, the subscription model is you know, not for the long term, have reinvented their organizations, put leaders in and CEOs, that have taken them into a new world in a very rapid fashion. So it can be done. Mm. So, but what it is, is we're holding up a mirror to all our society saying, excuse me, you're not able to go down this path. Um, and it, it's, if I can just divert for a second to reinforce this point. Um, there's a, a, a research group coming out of MIT in the US that is researching transformational leadership and have created a framework for transforming large complex organizations. Mm -hmm. And they've got 100 organizations that, and they work with the boards and the chairs and it's really very good, very good work. One small problem, none of them are transforming. <laughs> And the reason being is that the framework is fine, but if the leadership yeah. isn't of the right mentality, it never will happen. So mm. our finding is that if, if the, the, you have to have transformational expertise in the chair, the board, and the CEO, if any one of these is operational, 
the transformation will fail, full stop. It's quite the challenge then in terms of, like from a supply and demand perspective, um, because my immediate thought is on hearing this, okay, excellent opportunity then for transformational leaders, but do we have that many? Okay, so, 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 so we've done uh, uh, our analysis. We think there's about 400 in Australia, so it's not a lot. Mm. Um, what we're saying is we don't expect boards and to change. You know, they're, they're, they're pretty rigid, entrenched structures. And here I'm not just talking about boards of private, you know, listed companies, but I'm also talking about government ent- instrumentalities, agencies, um, mm-hmm. agencies um, you know, the utilities, etc. Um, so what we're saying is, okay, we get that, you know, you, first of all, you've got to understand if you don't have this capability, it won't work. Okay, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter what you do, it'll end up in noise. And the reason for that, just to punch that home, is that if you take a 40% change and reduce it to 41%, you won't get there. Mm. And that's really where it breaks down. And if you look at that's the way the banks are operating, they, they, they've got lots of little changes coming in, but it's not getting to the core. And you don't reinvent yourself without that courage and different risk profile. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so, so uh, looking at yeah, how do we do that? And so our suggestion is, and, is, and we're doing the same, we made a submission to David Sodi with regard to uh, the Australian Public Sector Review, is that bring transformational experienced leaders to sit alongside you at the top end of your organization. They've been there, they've done it. This is not strategy. Mm. This is the reality of, of reinventing your organization. And it covers many different things. So bring these people in at a high level and then start to train up your people accordingly yeah. and start to realize that you're going to have to behave differently. Yeah. So um, the idea is to put these people into board advisory roles, not necessarily board roles, but board advisory roles sitting alongside the C-suite, alongside the, the, the board, and then help the organizations find their way through. Mm. And actually, when you've made that decision, it's possible. Yeah. I'll give you another example, um, a borrow yeah. that is um, a building products company, does cement and all sorts of things and mining. Their CEO and the board have said, we're no longer going to be a building products company, we're going to be a technology company. And as a result of which, when you've made the decision, then you start moving towards it. Mm-hmm. But you need that big, clear strength to take it down and then you can guide it through the organization yeah now one of the things that i found really curious in the findings which it resonated with some of what i see with the organizations that i work with um it noted a real lack of urgency in australia and i was curious about this because i was like okay so is this cultural our you know she'll be right mate um or you know is it because we're isolated from the rest of the world and trade. Um, what, what does this lack of urgency mean? Is it specific to Australia or transformation in general? So, so, so let's look at cause and effect. So first of all, cause is that we have been through 28 quarters of growth. Yep. Um, so there is a level of complacency, especially in the larger end of town. Yeah, the the, 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 the the Telstras and the Combanks, et cetera. There is a, a, um, a 
as long as we keep our gradualist approach, it'll be fine. Um, so I think that there's a, a, a buffer, and as opposed to in Asia, in Europe, and in the States, um, they can see that tomorrow is going to be very different, and if they don't reinvent themselves quickly, they're going to be left behind. Yeah. And it's a totally different mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the issues is how do you get urgency onto a board? Because what I find interesting is a lot of the people, when you talk at the top end, they can see the future, they know what needs to be done, they can see the challenges, but there's not that sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And so it comes together with a sense of urgency that needs to be brought in. In other words, we've got three years, and if we don't get this done in the next three years, we're going to be left behind. Now, what are we going to do in the next three months? And that's a bit that's missing, which is these skill sets can come in. Um, and the other one is look at what happens if you don't do it. The yeah. opportunity costs are significant, um, and do it do it quickly. Um, what I see the the effects will be is that a lot of the organisations will move into crisis at some stage, mm. because what's happening the biggest issue is not digital disruption but the business model disruption that's happening, and as the business model changes, then if you don't if you're not up there with it, you can get marginalised very quickly. Um, I'll just give you a quick example. Federal government that we're doing quite a lot of work with. Federal government has significant challenges about, for example, the gig economy. They've fallen through our safety net. Yep. They're not part of our, our social safety net at all, mm-hmm. quite apart from not taxing properly, but there's also the safety net is not there. So we're getting this growing part that hasn't happened, that hasn't been catered for. On the other hand, you've also got people expecting to use their mobiles to shape their world into the way they want it. They want to shape their relationships with government into something that they want. Again, government is nowhere near it. Um, these are major challenges, and you, you can't, and they, they, they're stuck. And if they don't start to really get moving, they will be marginalized. There will be other things that come in place, um, and the government will be you know, um, on the side. And, and they, 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 again, this complacency thinks because we're government, we're going to be there. Actually, that's not the case. Other, other forms will come in. Mm-hmm. Same way the banks, you know, were good gradually, but then there are things coming through that are going to totally cut to the core of a new way of working. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we're doing is saying, look, there's this need for, for, for stopping thinking short term and starting to think and take responsibility and courage and communication to take your organizations into this new world. Um, and one of the areas we've also, in the paper, we're holding up to is we're holding up the challenge to the uh, superannuation industry, the funds management industry, because we're saying to them is that at the moment they are seeking annuity flows and that's becoming the discipline of the big end of town. Um, and they're not saying, where are your real growth strategies? Mm. Because you need both. You, you need growth strategy and you need to back companies that have got these bigger pictures. And they're not sharing, there's not a public sharing of our transformational vision, like I was talking about moral, which is what yes. it should be all around. Yep. Um, and where are we going and hold us accountable? And it's everywhere. I mean, you, you look at, for example, you know, legal companies with AI coming in. Mm. You know, it's going to totally transform them. Are there any discussion about what that real journey is going to look like in the next three years, in three-month chunks? No. Yeah. So 
it, it worries me that if you don't do it up front, it comes and unfortunately quite a lot of the companies that I work with have left it too late and then you're really scrabbling. I, I think I think you're right. And um, one of the next interviews coming through on the podcast series is with a, uh, a executive director in a legal firm and we talk mm. about that. And I think it's really interesting because like legal firms, the ones who will win in this are the companies that are small. So if you're a smaller legal firm, you, you've got that nimbleness mm. to pre-crisis do something about it. But once you're, you know, these big behemoths, that moving the, you know, shifting things around um, at speed is pretty difficult to do. I'll take that one step further, Jennifer. Bear with me. I think that that's in any industry. In any industry, number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, are not going to make but number six, seven, eight, where they've got the they've got the transformational leadership, they've got the courage, they've got the risk management. And Money is no hunger. object, and they've got the hunger. Money they've is got, no object. They need the hunger. Yeah, but it's interesting. Money is not an object because in this transformational process, within your existing business, you can release funds to be invested in the future. Yeah. Um, but it's the will. It's yeah. the will. And when you've got the will, which is a transformational leadership mindset, actually the rest of it follows. Yeah, terrific. So that's the, that's the discussion we're trying to generate. Yeah, absolutely. Look, that, there was one thing that I um, that uh, got my back up as I was reading it. Mm. And I was like, oh, and once again, this is why transformation needs to talk more with change management. Um, the research paper notes that organisational transformation is painful and it talks about the stress caused by change. So my challenge is, does it have to be or is this a reflection of the lack of transformation expertise or the integration of organisational change and OD into the space? Okay, a big question. So first of all, it is, and I let, yeah, let yeah. I, I, um, so first of all, one of the directions of Oz TTA is to minimise the distress and maximise the benefit of yeah. transformation. Distress um, is there because there is going to be change in capabilities required when you're rebuilding organisations. Um, it just happens. Now, how do you manage that? And there is a way of managing that where you reduce the distress. In other words, you don't hide it. It's a public discussion. You care for your people. You look after the fabric of your organization. You take responsibility for the journey. So there still will be some winners, some losers because of the nature of what you're doing. But there's ways of significantly reducing the distress. Mm. Um, so I think that that's one where you need the capabilities uh, to come in and, and make sure that you, um, you know, take that journey. It's, it's, um, it's, I go into organizations and I find that I talk to the senior people and they have one set of answers. Then I talk to the front line and their answers are always much better. Yeah. And the front line knows that they're not stupid. They know what is happening. They want to be helped. They want to go down that journey. They need to know what, what their roles are, what they're going to be there, what's going to be there for their children, and you get on with it. Um, but hiding it behind you know, closed doors at the border, making a mystery, is, is so wrong. This is a full organizational transformation you're talking about. Mm. And if there's clarity, then everybody can contribute. 
Um, And that's where I think things go wrong. And the other one is there's been so much noise in organizations in the past. So one of the difficulties when you start a transformational journey to say, okay, stop. How do all these things fit in? How is there one story for this company going forward? Yes, there's going to be lots of different aspects of it, but let's actually bring some clarity. And one of the things that we've done is we've had to go back and look at what is transformation and start some training courses of, for example, things like risk management is different. Uh, Technology, how do you get past the gee whiz part of technology? How do you manage uh, you know the, the the discussion and the communication on the way through. Mm. Um, you know, there's there's many things that need to be put out there. That that um, uh, how do you how do you measure whether you're traveling on time or not? Mm. How do you manage strategy when you don't know where you're going? And this is one of the big areas, a big one to manage. It's hard um, because nobody knows what the business model of the future will be or the technology, but we can't wait. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough area. Um, and what we're saying is that some people have got a capability to be able to assist these companies going forward, and we need to identify them. We're putting a, a, a brand, basically, you know, that we're a quality brand on people yep. um, to say... You know not, find them. Well, yeah, it means that these people can actually help. Um, now, it's going to be difficult, and it's going but don't leave it and get moving on it and sorry boards it's time to really say we have to take responsibility for reinventing this organization yeah nothing is going to be the same not government not utilities nothing is going to be the same Um, and that's a tough lesson and a tough pill to take but once you've taken it then actually it gets easier it, um, there, was, there was one more thing in the paper that stood out to me, um, and you've spoken a lot about the courage required mm. to do transformation. Um, and you've got a six-point list that defines experienced transformational leaders. Mm. One of these are they are innovative, courageous, and efficient problem solvers. And I did a bit of a double take on that because I was thinking, okay, where does efficiency fit in with innovation and courage? Um, mm. and, and I, I was like, wow, there's a real big tension in holding those three spaces together. So, 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 yeah, so let me weave them together for you. Yes. <clears throat> so in transformation, you have an existing organization, okay? And most people think transformation is taking technology and making that, trans- making that organization better fit for purpose and starting to reinvent it, okay? So that is part of transformation the other part of transformation is how do we get ourselves ready for this unknown technology unknown business model which is quite different which is where you've got to try things out fail do all sorts of things lean you got and there's going to be a lot of feeling your way through before you hit it right as to what's going to happen to you in the future so that bit tends to be forgotten that needs to be put on the table so that's the courage Okay, to actually say that we don't know where we're going, but we have to be open and try and find our way through. Uh, um, the Chinese say uh, we we'll, we have to cross the uh, flooding river by feeling for the stepping stones. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that one. Yep. The, so, and then you've got your existing organization, and you do have to release funds because that's going to be an organization that over 
three, five, ten years is going to diminish. And so you have to keep putting it in. Now, that doesn't mean you make less money or you get smaller because quite often there's consolidation in industries. There's other things you can do with it where you're running that, is, which is what I call the turnaround aspect. You're turning it around and doing things with it um, and making, you know, releasing funds for this new way. And um, some parts you'll stop, you'll move out of some parts of the industry as you go forward. So there's, that's the efficiency part as well as the rest of it. And then over all of that, you've got to have the clarity, vision, and communication that does two things. One is your stakeholders, and I note your podcast on stakeholders. Um, your stakeholders, first of all, is you've got to manage your direct stakeholders, investors, or owners. So you've got to manage government if you're in government. You've got to manage your, your, your um, advisors, etc. And you've got to manage that side. Then you have to manage your organization and give it um, a sense of purpose in this new world. Um, and here, it has to be a social purpose. Mm. It cannot be we want to make more money by doing things differently because that, there's not, that's not a license to survive. Um, so you have to be able to find, you know, how do you contribute to society differently in this different world? Um, so there's some big issues that have to be addressed, but fast. You can't <laughs> sit there contemplating them. So I, I, you know, what we're saying is, is this whole thing is holding up this paper and saying, sorry, we have to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, it's not good enough just to sort of let time pass. We have to talk about it. It's happening. If you don't get your act together, you will become a dinosaur. Sorry, that's the world. Um, how do you get there? How do you manage that? Um, let us have that discussion. Um, we don't have all the answers, but we know the discussion has to take place. Sure. So it is, it is uh, sounding like a bit of a, a death knell for the CEOs and board members at the moment of many companies. By way of, of wrapping this up, what would be your wish to be on an agenda item next week for the boards that are meeting? Uh, how do we move ourselves into being a transformative board? Um, and then look at what is a transformative board and look at where they are now and look at how they can move forward. Um, it's not going to happen quickly, but where you can actually get someone on, and this is not about having more reports. This is not about new strategy documents coming from you know, different strategy houses. This is about saying, we need to reinvent this organization or we're going to die. We've got to become a transformative board. Let's bring in some people to talk us through this and let's move on this journey. And then within six months, they should give them the, 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 the deadline. Within six months, they can announce publicly their new journey. Wow. Um, and if they don't do that, they are going to become part of history and, and not noise. And mm. this is where I've got to be very careful because this is lifting up an organization and creating a new organization and it's as opposed to fiddling with this one because, as I said, the, the big transformation, the turnaround of your existing organization is going to happen, but it's not the future. The future is going to be this other unknown unknown and we don't know what that's going to be. At the moment, that seems to be accelerating towards us extremely quickly. Um, and we have to ride it. And it's um, if we don't, disruptors will come and these organizations will be left behind. Yeah. If you remember some of the early days of, of the internet where AOL bought Times Warner, 
Mm-hmm. That that's what's coming through, and um, we need to help the Times Warners of the world <laughs> to um, reinvent themselves to be part of that future. Well, I'm up for that challenge. So uh, th- thank you for bringing it to to the forefront. Out of people who want to, I, I imagine this is going to stir up a lot of conversations mm. across uh, corporate and governmental Australia. Where can people go to continue the dialogue or start to, to have people come into those conversations? Okay, there's three places. One is email me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's Adam at oztta.org, which I'm sure will be on your site. Yeah. Uh, the other one is is look at our website and become a member mm-hmm. um, because then you the way people describe it is finding their family. Uh, if you are a transformational leader, it gives you the ability to, to meet people that you can have dialogues with in a very advanced fashion very quickly. Um, next one is we have a LinkedIn site uh, that is a closed user group, uh, OzTTA LinkedIn group. Uh, if you apply for that uh, and then get then get admitted, that's where some of the best dialogue is taking place. Um, that's where uh, really, you know, knowledgeable people are putting things in up there that are creating this d- deeper debate. So there's three ways. Tremendous. Adam, thank you so much for your time this morning. I think this is an incredibly important piece of work for all of us. Mm. So I thank you very much for the work that you do in leading mm. this community. Thank you, Jan. Jan and, and thank you for being interested and in being a, a co-traveller along the way. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. Listeners, if you've enjoyed this, you know what to do. Head over to uh, iTunes, leave a review. That way it's easier for other people to know. If you know of a company that you think should be going through transformation, um, perhaps you're in there at the moment or you've had dealings with them as a customer, this might be the podcast interview that you want to flick over to them. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to a conversation of change with Dr. Jen Fram. You can find many more resources on leading change at my website, drjenfram.com. I welcome feedback on what else you'd like to hear on the podcast. Why not connect with me on Twitter at Jen Fram or LinkedIn? LinkedIn.